Hi, and welcome to the Potter's House podcast. We thank you for coming and joining us as we share this week's message. Our message this week comes from our first Wednesday service and is brought to us by Pastor Eric Petrie from the Citygate Church in Lebanon, Ohio. It's titled, It's Just the Stage. We pray that it encourages you. God, you may be seated. It is a tremendous honor to... Uh had the opportunity a couple times now to stand in this pulpit and it's always one of the greatest honors of my life I love Pastor Tim Pastor Becky I remember uh, being a Bible college student and coming to the old church the one just next door and just being amazed at what God was doing in the potter's house and will you just take a moment if you love Pastor Tim and Becky will you let them know it I know Miss Becky's here tonight they're just wonderful and then to see God transitioning into a new generation, isn't it just marvelous how God just lets that anointing flow from the Father into the sons and what he's doing here. Of course, you have a tremendous, tremendous worship leader in Pastor David. He's incredible. And then you got Pastor Michael and his wife. And are you thankful for them? Will you let them know how much you love and appreciate them? As you leave tonight, I, do, I, I did just write a... Um, a brand new book it's entitled limitless and it's a book that that really talks about my life up to this point and some things that I've learned it uh, deals a lot with leadership if you're in business if you deal with leadership at all if you are a leader uh, this book will be a tremendous asset to you but most importantly remember whenever you purchase a book you're purchasing somebody's life it took their life to write that book this was a lot of dark moments this was a lot of difficult moments I talk in this book about when I was diagnosed with a clog a blocked artery in my brain it was blocked by 70 percent but thank God I go to a church that believes on the laying on of hands and the pouring on of oil and we prayed and I went back to the doctor and they said whatever was there isn't there anymore your brains perfectly normal talk about that the miracle that God did in my little girl's brain and and of course my wife Kimberly is at home I have a 13 year old daughter and a two-year-old son and uh, it's just a miracle what God did in sages you know she, I, you have to read the book I ain't gonna tell you the whole story you think I'm just gonna you got to invest in this but remember when you purchase a book you're making an investment in your life and what you got to determine is what's your life worth is your life worth making an investment in and so I believe I really believe that this book will be a blessing to you and you can get the book for those of you that like to go deeper there's a study guide out there for those of you that want to just go even deeper there's a, a USB and it has the the videos of messages that I preached the sermon notes from when I preached those messages and then some master classes that I did well enough about that I want to get into God's Word tonight Lord we thank you for your presence it's been in this place Thank you, God. I pray every mind would be alert and heart would be receptive to the word you've put in my spirit tonight. Father, build our faith is my prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So I want you to hang with me. I know it's a little warm in here and you've just filled up on carbs. So them carbs are about to wear off. So you're really going to have to plug in. I want to I just feel like I'm at home tonight. And I, I love Wednesday nights. You know, when, when our church went mobile, we couldn't uh, do Wednesday nights anymore. And so we've not brought them back yet, but I, one day I hope to bring them back. But I miss Wednesday nights because that was my opportunity 
to really dig into the Word of God and teach doctrine and teach faith and teach some fundamentals of what it means to live the Christian life. So God gave me a revelation in 2020, and I want to share it with you tonight in the few moments that I have, and I, I know you've heard a lot of preachers say this, so I'm not just uh, saying this to be saying it. I really believe this. If you'll get this, and if you've got something to take notes, take notes on this, what I'm about to share with you. I believe it will change your life and especially your perspective when it comes to problems and challenges and difficulties that you're going to face. I've entitled this message, It's Just a Stage. It's Just a Stage. Like I said, we have a, a two-year-old at home. And uh, one day he wakes up and for the entire day from the moment he wakes up, we'll hear him on his little monitor and he wakes up saying, no, no, nobody's even in his room, but he's hollering at no at somebody. Rush, you hungry? No. Rush, you want to go outside? No. Puts his boots on, goes outside. Rush, you want to play ball? No. Gets the ball and he starts playing ball. That's his reaction. And I told Kim, I said, I don't know what to do. He says no to everything. And she looked at me and said, it's just a stage. It's just a stage. You know, when we go through life, we're going to go through different stages in life. And I want to take you to Luke chapter 4. And Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4 are one of the most amazing processes in the Word of God and examples of what it means to walk through stages. And this is going to talk about Jesus. And I'm not going to go through Luke chapter 3. Of course, that's Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. Um, Luke chapter 4, uh, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. In chapter 3, he's baptized. In chapter 4, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted. And then he returns to the synagogue. And I want to read those words to you where he stands up and he's handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he opens the book and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I'm going to drop down all the way down to verse 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of a hill. It's a cliff on which their city was built. And they, they were intending... To throw Jesus off of a cliff. Then verse 30. And you'll want to underline this. Amazing. I'm going to show you what this means in a moment. Passing through the midst of them. He went his way. So I want to walk you through this process tonight. And talk to you about these stages. Because it's just a stage. Tell somebody it's just a stage. Now there are three stages you're going to go through. And you are in one of those stages right now. The good news is, once you get through all three stages, you're going to repeat them over and over and over again until one day you get to go to heaven. So, but if you know what to expect, and the Bible says that we should know the tactics of the devil, once you know what to expect, it doesn't shake you anymore. You know what comes next, and that's what I want to walk you through. So here's the first stage, and this is at the beginning of Luke chapter 4. We have temptation. I'm just going to tell you in advance, I have the writing skills of a three-year-old. So just bear with me. 
If you want to read my writing, you've got to get filled with the Holy Ghost and interpret it in the Spirit. I write in the Spirit. Temptation. The second thing I want you to write down is timing. And the third thing, trial. You're going to see Jesus, and I'm going to go quick. You're going to see Jesus walk through these three stages. You're going to see him go through the stage of temptation, which brings him to the stage of timing, which will lead him to the stage of trial. Each stage produces something. God does not waste a stage. So whatever stage you are currently in, there is something that is being produced from that stage or that moment in your life. Temptation is going to produce power or anointing. A-N-O-I-N-T-I-N-G. Timing is going to bring purpose or announce purpose. Trial brings promotion. Whenever you go through temptation, God's about to download a new anointing or a greater power into your life. Temptation brings timing. Timing announces your purpose. Once you recognize your purpose and you start to walk in your purpose, that will bring you into the stage of trial. Trial is where God promotes you to another level. Once you go through that stage, you will repeat all three stages all over again. And there will be a new stage of temptation and a new stage of timing and a new stage of trial. Let's talk about this first one. The Bible said that after Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Who led him into the wilderness? The Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness. Why? There was something waiting on Jesus in the wilderness. And it wasn't temptation. The temptation was going to bring Jesus into a place of power. The power that we talk about is the anointing. The anointing on your life is God's blessing on your life to accomplish the purpose that he put in your life before you were ever even born. You cannot fulfill your purpose without the anointing. Now, here's the thing I want you to recognize about temptation. Temptation is saying no to the thing you want. Trial will mean saying yes to the thing you don't want. It is, the reason temptation is so difficult, the reason trial is so difficult, because there's something coming into my life that I don't like. The reason temptation is so difficult, because there's something being put in front of my face that I really do like. Let me explain it to you like this. When Kim and I first got married, and she, um, she moved in, I had a house, and she moves into the house, she goes to the pantry. And our pantry, my pantry at the time, until it became her pantry very quickly, was filled, filled with something called hostess. Okay? Hostess. After Kim lived there for a little bit, I opened the refrigerator one day, and there was something called hostess. Broccoli. Now I can promise you I did not put broccoli in my refrigerator. The hostess were mine. 
hostess, the, the, the ding-dongs, the Twinkies, the snowballs, the Susie Q's. I mean, if it had hostess on it, it was in that pantry because I wanted variety. I wanted a choice. I, I wanted, you know, I didn't want to have to eat the same thing every day. So I had variety. My favorite is them little orange cupcakes. If you ain't ever had one of them little orange cupcakes, my God, there's anointing on them little orange cupcakes. And then one day, I go to put my jacket on, and when I went to put my jacket on, I don't know what happened. When your clothes get older, they tend to shrink. And so I couldn't get the, the, the button through the buttonhole. And I said, Kim, what's going on? My clothes are shrinking. She said, your, your clothes are the same size. It's you that is changing sizes. And I realized that the more I filled myself with this, these, this hostess, it was beginning to grow me in a way that I did not want to grow. Broccoli is not my temptation. Hostess is my temptation. So when I'm in a place of temptation, I can promise you the devil is not putting broccoli in front of me. The devil knows what I like and he is going to play on my pleasures. Temptation is something being brought in front of you that you really want. Temptation is something that you desire, something that you would love to indulge in. That is what temptation is. Now, how do I get to power? How do I get to anointing? See, here's the problem. The problem is, if I don't want temptation in my life, then I need to stop filling my pantry with hostess. It's not hard for me to say no to hostess when there's, none of, when there's none of them in my pantry. And the reason a lot of Christians have a difficult time with temptation is because they keep bringing the temptation into their life and asking God to deliver them from temptation. If you have an issue with things you see on the internet, then maybe you need to check your internet subscription. You don't, you don't have to bring that into your life. The more you bring it in, the more you're going to have to say no. So you got to choose what you're allowing into your life. If you don't want to have to keep saying no to hostess, stop putting hostess in the pantry. And then it's not that hard to say no. Now, every now and then I walk through Kroger and I have a little bit of a breakdown. I go into shakes in the middle of the aisle, right? Because I see they're all in there. But I have to say no. Now, here's the thing about temptation. I want the power. I want the anointing. How do I get the power? How do I get the anointing? Well, I come through the prayer line, right? And then they get the oil out. They pour the oil over my head. And I go and I get in the power of God. That's how I get the anointing. No, the anointing comes through what you're willing to say no to. The more you say no to temptation, the greater the anointing and the power of God grows in your life. The people who have the greatest anointings are the people who have said no to the most temptations. Jesus got anointed because every time the devil brought something in front of him, he said no. No. How did he get the power to say no? It is written. It is written. It is written. God said. God said. Now let me tell you something about the devil. The first time the devil comes turn these stones into bread, he's playing on his hunger. The temptations in the wilderness are no different than the temptations in the garden. They're the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. It's the same thing in the Garden of Eden. Jesus is the second man, Adam. He's having his own uh, a tree of a knowledge of good and evil experience in the wilderness. 
And so the devil said, turn these stones into bread. He said, it is written. Then the devil brings another temptation. Jesus said, it is written. And then the devil picks up on how Jesus keeps whipping him. And the devil says, well, then cast yourself off this temple. For it is written that the angels will not let your foot get dashed against a stone. Let me tell you something about the devil. When you whip him one way, he learns and will use it against you the next time. So the devil comes against Jesus and said, it is written. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So now Jesus comes out of the wilderness and watch what the Bible says. The Bible says that he comes out, verse 14, in the power of the Spirit. He has power because of what he was willing to say no to. Think of saying no like the fuel in your car. Every time you say yes, you deplete that fuel. Every time you say no, you get more power. And the reason a lot of people are running out of power is because we aren't teaching anymore about saying no to temptation. We're saying do what makes you happy. And I learned everything, everything, everything the world is doing has its own theology. Clothing companies have their own theology. You know, uh, it, Advertisements have their own theology. I walked in my daughter's room the other day and she has this wall and she's printed out all these pictures and she's put up all these pictures and one picture said, do what you love. Do what you love. And I was sitting there with her and I said, Sage, I said, you know that's a theology. I said, that's a message. And I said, it sounds like a good message, doesn't it? Do what you love. I said, but sometimes God's going to ask you to do things you don't love. I said, so what you need to see is that theology doesn't line up with the word of God. And there are going to be times that God is going to lead you into things you're not going to love. But if you want the power of God, you're going to have to be willing to say yes to God and no to the temptation, no to the world. Every, I want you to think about it like this. Every time you say no to temptation, your anointing just went up. You said the preacher didn't even lay hands on me. He didn't have to. God was watching. And purity in private always results in power in public. If you want power in public, you got to live a pure life when nobody is watching. Stop worrying about, well, do they know what I'm doing? Do they know what, that, do they know what I'm doing? Do they know? Who cares what they know? The question is, what does he know? Because he can see what they cannot see. So people who are walking in great power, great anointing, are people who have consistently said no to temptation. Now when he comes through the temptation, your Bible says he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes to the temple and he stands up to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now we know this is from the book of Isaiah. And what it is, is Isaiah, this is a messianic prophecy in the book of Isaiah. In fact, if you were going to uh, put together a calling card for the Messiah, it was this scripture, this prophecy from Isaiah. And Jesus is getting ready to read this prophecy from the book of Isaiah. And he looks at all the people and says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled. So what has happened? Once he's walking in the power and the anointing, whenever you walk in the anointing of God, the anointing of God will always put you in God's timing. There are two types of timing. There is chronos and there is kairos. Chronos is what's on my wrist. It is the measure of time. Kairos is a whole different timeline. 
It has nothing to do with Kronos. Kairos is a God-appointed timeline. And when you are walking in the anointing, you step out of natural time and you step into God timing. In natural time, that miracle should have taken three years. When you step into God timing, he does it in three days. So see, I don't want to live based on the timing of the world. I want to step into Kairos. I want to get into that God-appointed moment where I'm walking on God's timeline. Because whenever I'm walking in God's timeline, he is bringing me into things I didn't even know was there. Now, what, what is Jesus? The, the anointing is upon him. He's being led into this place of timing, this stage of timing. And what's it about to reveal? Purpose. What is my purpose? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And what did he anoint you to do? Well, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are captive, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Timing. Notice what Jesus is saying. He is saying, because I'm anointed, this is what my purpose is. You ever heard people that say, I'm just, I'm waiting on God to, to you know, show me. I'm looking for my purpose. I keep reading books trying to find my purpose. I want to find my purpose. I'm watching seminars so I can find my purpose. Here's a big idea. When you're walking in the anointing, purpose will find you. When you are walking in the anointing of God, you don't have to look for purpose. Pray for purpose. When you are walking in the anointing, purpose will show up on your doorstep and say, I'm your purpose, and announce itself to you. Jesus didn't have to look for it. He walked into it because he's walking in the timing of the Holy Spirit. Temptation produces power, anointing. That brings me to my timing, which brings me to my purpose. Let me show you how, how marvelous this actually is. This is how incredible this is. Back in this day, a, a typical Jewish service in a synagogue operated something like this. They would all come together and somebody would get the book of poems, the songs, and they would sing from the book of songs. And then they would make a mark, roll back up the scroll, scroll put it away. And then somebody would go and they would get the scroll of the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. And they would read from the first five books of the Old Testament. They would make their mark. They would roll the scroll back up and they would put it away. And then the last thing they read from was from the prophets. And they would unroll the scroll and they would read from the scroll. They would make their mark and they would roll it back up. They made a mark so that whoever would read from it the following week would pick up from where the previous speaker left off. Now, you didn't volunteer to be one of the readers. The rabbi of that synagogue would go through and he would pick out people, he'd pick out men from the crowd and he'd say, I'd like for you to do this, the singing today, the worship. I would like for you to read, some, uh, read the passage from the uh, Torah and I would like for you to read from the prophets. And so this, this rabbi is going around this day and he picks somebody for the worship and he picks somebody for the Torah and then he's looking for somebody for the prophets and it just so happened in this service, Jesus is sitting there. And the rabbi comes up to him and says, would you read from the prophets today? Jesus says, sure. And so the man gets up, sings from Psalms. The other man gets up, he reads from the Torah. And then Jesus gets up, they unroll the scroll, and he finds the place where the previous man left off the week before. Had Jesus been one week early, had Jesus been one week late, he would have never read from that passage. 
Is it a coincidence that Jesus just happened to show up on the day that they left off at the greatest messianic prophecy from the book of Isaiah saying this is what the Messiah is going to look like? Is it a coincidence that he just got there on that day or was he walking in the timing of God because he said no to temptation and now he's walking in the power and the anointing and the anointing is leading him to the right timing and the timing is about to reveal his purpose. And when he picks up from the scroll, he looks at it and says, huh, here's where the guy left off the week before. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he says to preach the acceptable time or the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, I'm walking in the anointing, so I'm stepping stepping into God's timing. And God's timing is revealing my purpose for being here. And he closes the book and says, this day has this scripture been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, when you walk in the anointing because you say no to temptation, God brings you into places of timing where your purpose is revealed. When you are walking in the anointing and you are walking in God's timing, the Holy Spirit is leading you, you will show up at the right day at the right time to make the right connection with somebody that's going to lead you into your destiny. But you would have missed it had you said yes to temptation. Saying yes to temptation means no power, no anointing. No power, no anointing means no timing, no purpose. People who keep saying yes to temptation live a life of no purpose. And then, this is where it gets really exciting. And then, Jesus says, today this scripture has been fulfilled and he sits down. And the people were, the Bible says they marveled. They marveled. They had never heard such words like this man spoke. And then somebody said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Joe's boy? Why are we amazed at the words of such a common person? I've become convinced that the first sin in the Bible is not pride. The first sin in the Bible is dishonor. And it is here that Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor unless he is in his own country. He could do no great works there. But everywhere else he went, everybody got healed, everybody got saved, everybody got delivered. Why did he do no good works there? Because they dishonored somebody walking in their purpose who had the anointing of God on their life. Isn't this Joe's boy? And they're about to miss out on the moment, the miracle moment, because they're turning something. Here's what, you want to know what honor is and dishonor is? Honor means to ascribe value. Dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. You want to you take the miracle out of a marriage? Treat your marriage as common or ordinary. You want to take the miracle out of a church? Treat your church as common or ordinary. You have some tremendously unique gifts in this house. You want to rob the gift of this house? Treat Pastor Michael as if he's common or ordinary. Refer to him as Pastor Tim's boy. Isn't he just Pastor Tim's boy? No, no, no. He is a young man who is saying no to temptation. The power of God is on his life. 
He is walking in God's timing. God's timing is revealing his purpose. And God is about to bring him into a place of promotion. What I don't want to be is the person sitting there critiquing what he does. Because he does it differently than his predecessor. I want to recognize that God is doing a new thing in a new time. I want to recognize that we might be worshiping in the tabernacle a tent today, but we might have a temple tomorrow. And tomorrow, after the day after that, the temple might be my very own body. So God's doing a new thing. He just does it in a different way. But I'm not going to rob the miracle by dishonoring the moment or the person that God is bringing into their purpose. And they look at Jesus and say, this is Joe's boy. And the Bible said, watch what happens whenever there is dishonor. The Bible says, and the people were filled with wrath. You want to know why there's so much division in America today? Because there's no honor. You want to know why there's so much hate in America today? Because there's no honor. You cannot have racism and honor. You can't. You can't call yourself a Christian and be filled with dishonor. Because dishonor opens the door to all types of sin and pride and hatred and anger. When I honor you as a, as a person created in the image of God, when I honor you, I treat you as something valuable, something I ascribe value to. Even if the world has devalued you, I put value on you because you're a child of the Most High God. Whenever there is honor, guess what follows? Miracles. When you have a house of honor, you will have a house of miracles. When you have a house of dishonor, you will have a house with no miracles. When you have a house of honor, a house that honors the presence of the Holy Ghost, here's what's amazing. You, you got God the Father. He's on the throne. You got Jesus. He's at his right hand. Jesus isn't here right now. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Jesus said, if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost will not come. But I have to go away so that I can send the Holy Ghost back. How is it we talk so much about the Father and the Son, but we don't even mention the Holy Ghost? We need to honor the Holy Ghost in every service. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, do what you want to do in this service tonight. And whenever we are a house of honor, we will be a house of miracles. My goodness, what if, what if, here's what the Bible said, outdo each other in showing honor. If there's going to be fights in the church, it ought to be who gets to hold the door open for who. Don't waste your time fighting over anything else because you bring dishonor in the house and you rob the house of a miracle. Outdo each other in showing honor. Outdo each other in showing Don't fight over parking spots. Don't fight over... Don't f outdo one another in showing honor. And so what do they do? Watch this. They take Jesus. They thrust him out of the city and they take him to the edge of a cliff because they're about to throw him over. And your Bible says, watch the last verse. And Jesus, turning, walked through the midst of them and went on his way. Now let me show you a couple things here. First off, when they got Jesus to the edge of the cliff, Blake, run up here real quick. Joey, run up here real quick. When they got Jesus to the edge of the cliff, so you guys are starting to push me over the cliff, right? You're pushing me over the cliff. Jesus 
did not reach around and say, if I go over, you're going over with me. <laughs> Anybody in here have a Band-Aid collection? Used Band-Aid collection. Anybody? Any weirdos? Got a Band-Aid collection used? It's kind of funny. We would think there's something off with somebody who holds on to old wounds. But we hold on to them every day. And we think, if I go over this cliff, you're going over with me. I'm not letting go of the person who pushed me. I'm not letting go of the person who hurt me. I'm not letting go of the person who betrayed me. I'm not letting go of the person who cheated me or lied about me or who talked about me on social media. And you know what? We say, I'm taking them over. And guess what? You both go over the cliff. Jesus did not hold on to those who didn't want him. And here's what he didn't do. Watch your Bible. He did not say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to go on through here. It's not what your Bible says. No. This is like, your Bible talks about the disciple Philip, and he baptizes the eunuch, and from that moment he's transported boom, miles away, and he's preaching the gospel. That's what happened here. They're trying to push Jesus over the cliff, but watch. He's anointed. He's got the power of the Holy Ghost. He is in his timing, walking in his purpose. And because he's walking in his purpose, God's about to give him a promotion. And God does it by literally transporting him. Here's what happened. Jesus was standing here. It went from boom to boom. They're still pushing, but nobody's there. That's literally what the word midst means. He literally and was gone on the other way. When you are walking in your timing and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and you are walking in the purpose that God destined for you before you were even formed in your mama's belly. When you are walking in that purpose, God says, now I can trust you with the trial. You don't have to be anointed for temptation. The only thing you need to endure temptation is the ability to say no. You don't need to be anointed to say no to pornography. You don't need to be no, uh, anointed to say no to gossip. God's not going to anoint you to say no to drugs. That's not what God anoints you to do. That's, he's not, that's not a purpose. God anoints you for a purpose. But once the anointing is on your life, there is going to come a time of trial. Now remember, temptation is the things I enjoy. Trial is the things I don't enjoy. Don't mix up temptation with trial. Temptation is when you're facing something you really want to do. Trial is when you're facing something you really don't want to go through. But because God has anointed you and because you're walking in your purpose and your timing, God will bring you to a place where it feels like that trial is pushing you over a cliff. And in one moment, in one church service, in one prayer meeting, you'll go from whoom to whoom standing on the other side of your problem. And it can't touch you. Thank you, guys. He turned and he walked on through. Why? He was anointed. He's walking in his timing and purpose. That means there's no trial that can stop him. See, when trial comes into your life, but you know, hold on. I said no to temptation. So why did God anoint me? God anointed me because he knew this was coming. I was anointed for this and once I make it through this Jesus goes through promotion 
And then the same thing will happen. Watch it all through the life of Christ. Even the Passion Week. He's tempted. The devil comes and tempts him in the garden. You don't want this. Give in. Tell, tell the Father you quit. He says no to temptation. God sends an angel and strengthens him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He brings him to his timing. He stands before Pilate, and he, Pilate says, don't you know I have the power? He said, you'd have no power unless my father gave it to you. But for this time was the Son of Man born. And Pilate brings him out and says, I find no fault in him. And it just so happens all of this was taking place at the Passover when the lamb would be offered for the sins of the people. But now Jesus is about to be offered for the sins of all humanity and not something that would have to be done every year, but something that would be done once and for all. And now because he went through that temptation and said no, and now because he's in his timing and purpose, they crucified him. But on the third day, the tomb could not hold him back. He walked out of the tomb the thing that should have held him in he walked out of and now he is he is ascended and he seats for he's seated forever at the right hand of the father he received a promotion and now he says everything i went through i give you the ability to walk through it too every time you say say no to temptation your anointing goes up every time you walk in your anointing your purpose shows up every time you walk in your purpose there's another promotion on the way am i helping anybody tonight Stand to your feet, if you will. It's just a stage. It's just a stage. 2020, just a stage. That's all it was. Anybody thankful that stage is over? Yeah, I was a pastor in 2020. I know some people dealt with some stuff, but let me tell you, pastors dealt with a lot of stuff. We had a pandemic, we had an election, we had all kinds of stuff going on, social media. Pastors couldn't get it right in 2020. If they said something, they got in trouble. If they said nothing, they got in trouble. If they told people we're wearing masks, they said, you have no faith. If they said, we're not wearing masks, they said, you have no wisdom. Everything we did was wrong. But let me tell you, pastors who endured are about to get a promotion. And I'm not talking in the eyes of men. Who cares about being promoted in the eyes of men? I'm talking a promotion in the eyes of God. Where you have favor with God. Favor with man. And I don't know what stage you're in. If you're in the stage of temptation tonight, what you need to do is crucify your flesh. Stop praying. God, give me the power to make it through this temptation. God has given you everything you need to say no. You don't need anybody else to pray for you. The Bible said that there is no temptation that has overtaken you but what is common to man. But with every temptation, God will make a way of escape. You don't have to pray for it. God's already provided it. You just have to say no. And when you do, that anointing goes up. Then you start stepping into your timing and your purpose. All of a sudden, things start being revealed to you. God, I didn't know I had that gift. God, I didn't know you were calling me to do that. God, I didn't know you put that on my life. And just be ready. When your purpose shows up, so does the trial. But you endure like a good soldier. You endure the fiery trial of your faith. For when you have come through, you will come through like gold. In other words, promotion promotion lift your hands and let me pray for you now lord i thank you i pray that there 
there has been a deposit of faith and a deposit of your word in this place tonight. And now pray God, I pray God that you would quicken their spirits to receive what it is you're speaking to them. If there's someone in this room, Father, that is dealing with temptation, I pray, I pray for them now that they will take that step to say no. To say no. They're not saying no for this moment. They're saying no for a future moment. They might be saying no for their future children or their future grandchildren. But I pray, God, that they would crucify the flesh and say no to temptation. And God, for those that are stepping into their timing, I pray, Heavenly Father God, reveal purpose to them. We do not have to run after purpose. When we're walking in your timing, purpose runs after us. Father, when, we, when that purpose is revealed, give us the faith to withstand the trial. You anointed us for the trial. You anointed us. That's why the trial showed up. It's because we stepped into our purpose. I pray, God, you would help us to set our eyes on what's in front, not what's behind. Not what's going on right now, but set our eyes on things above because there's a promotion on the way. Father, seal this word in somebody's heart tonight is my prayer. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Do you receive that word? Tell Jesus you receive that word tonight. Come on. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. We'd also like to thank those of you who give so generously to make things like this possible. If you would like to learn more about the Potter's House, you can visit us at pottershouse.org or click the link in the bio of this podcast. If this message ministered to you, we pray that you would share it with your friends and with your family. And we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you and have a great week.